0: Oh, here it is, February 8th, 2023, and it's 631. So we're gonna go ahead and start the meeting. Um, I don't think we need to read the teleconferencing guidelines um, because we've been reading them every every month. So I think we can pass on that, but we do need to start uh,
1: with a call to order and roll call. Vice Chair B. Miller. Present. Council Member Conant. Present. Council Member Dentinger. Is excused. Council Member Harrison. Present. Chair DeGrange. Here. We have quorum.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. Um, The first one is public comments, open forum, public announcements. And these are for things for items that are not on the agenda. So it's not, and the only idea, agenda item we have is on improving the downtown CINAHL.
1: So, does any, are there any public comments? I think uh, Tom Harland has his name hand up. Nope, not anymore. Okay. Okay, um, Jim, did you want to to share anything? Um,
0: now we have two people with their hands up. <laughs> it's coming and going. Um, one thing I did want to mention that we do have some sad news to share with everybody, and that's that like, uh, Richard Valle passed away today. Um, and he was our supervisor for the area of Sanole north of 80, north of 84, including the downtown area in Kilcare Woods um, for 10 years, I think it was. Um, and I think he will be sorely missed. He really went out of his way to, to make the county work well and to make the county employees feel good about their job and feel successful. And he really worked behind the scenes a lot to help Sonal and make Sonal successful. So he will be missed.
1: Um, Angie, did you have a public comment? Hi, Connie. Um, indeed, first of all, uh,
2: thank you for that news. and. Uh, my condolences to the family and to all the employees of Richard Vallier. I, I had heard something might be up, but I didn't understand it was going to be that. Um, I do want to let everybody know that um, we're getting word about, we're closer to having better information about how to apply for FEMA. Eric swala has got a meeting tomorrow night in Dublin We've, we're getting that out on informs and and we're getting out on Love Cinel, uh Facebook page. Um, also, the Caltrans folks are this weekend going to they as scheduled. They will be closing the northbound uh, 680. That went out on informs and all. Oh no, that's going out tomorrow. Um, and then I guess the other one was tonight's meeting. So, um, yeah, and then the other one was the Tri Valley. Our Three Valleys Community Foundation has a Sinole Relief Fund. And we're gonna be partnering up or we've already agreed to partner up between Connie and representing SEAC and and Cheryl representing the Snow Glen Community Club. I'm representing the Sinole Business Guild. And we're going to um, hopefully have some money from the fundraising so that we might be able to augment uh, some community help. Obviously that would depend on how much we're able to fundraise through that new community fund. Um, I have a lot of confidence in uh, Kelly Bowers and I have a lot of confidence in the board when I worked with them. I think this is gonna be a win. Um, it's also gonna be a win as we bring Three Valleys Community Foundation into to Sonal. Thank you for your respect and attention. and. Let's have a great meeting tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew.
0: Okay. I don't see any other here. Okay. Um, council staff comments. We, we have two. Uh, one is the um, that we just got an email today and I'll just read through it. Starting in March, the clerk of the Board of Supervisors can support in-person, non-hybrid meetings in the in the for the Sonol Citizens Advisory Council until the equipment is updated to support hybrid meetings. Um, the clerk, um, Board of Supervisors staff will coordinate with the Sonol staff to execute the rental agreement for the cafeteria from March through the end of the year. So that's exciting news that we will be able to see each other in person starting in March. And then the second one is that the um, Alameda County Resource Conservation District has about 100 volunteers who would like to do some litter removal in Sunil. Uh, They have been directed over to Sunil Boulevard. And I I think that I agree that that's a a good location for them to to focus on. there's been a lot of dumping on Sunil Boulevard. Um, Jerry, I noticed that the Mission Road outside of the golf course is, is looking pretty littered too. Is that something you think maybe we should direct them to?
3: I, you know, I uh, there was a bunch of crap on Sheridan Road not long ago as well, and I just uh, I hauled it to the dump because I have a dump truck. But they, I think, with all the stuff that Public Works is doing, I've just kind of tried to leave them alone until the yeah. bigger problems get you know, more under control, and then I think we could go back to asking them to do the things that they do, but uh, as long as there's still mud stuff here and there, I just figure they got their hands full.
0: This is the Resource Conservation District, and they're looking at picking up trash on March 25th, so it is a ways away. It's more than a month away.
3: Yeah, that should probably be a good time to attack. The whole frontage of the golf course is it's a good place for people to drop yeah. crap off and they—they, they,
1: it's always a mess over there. Okay. okay. And then um, we're on down to item
0: four, adopt findings authorizing remote teleconferencing. So this is for our meeting today to adopt that finding. I move that we adopt the findings to authorize remote teleconferencing meetings for our council
1: second um i think we need to do a roll call because it's a a zoom meeting vice chair b miller approved council member conant approved council member dentinger is excused council member harrison
4: he's back paul's back Ah. council
5: member dentinger
4: Actually, we, normally we have discussion before we do the roll call. Can can I ask a question about when we're going to get out of this? I, I think last time we discussed it briefly, but there was going to be, uh, the default was going to be to do in-person meetings and then do the hybrid later, correct? And can I just ask, when is it then that that's going to get implemented?
0: You must have just joined us. Just yes, joined I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you guys talk about it? Yes. March.
4: Sorry. Okay, March. got it. Thank you. Approved.
5: <laughs> Chair DeGrange.
1: Approved. Aye.
5: Oh, I skipped Councilmember Harrison. I'm sorry. Approved. Thank you,
3: sir. Hey.
6: Welcome. Okay. Thank you.
1: Then we're on to item
0: five review and accept designs of the downtown Sonoma prepared by SZFM Design Studio in consultation with a committee of the Sonoma Citizens Advisory Council and also Alameda County Office of Economic and Civic Development. And so I think the way that we set this up is that Kristen from the County Office of Economic Development is going to be um, talking about what the process was first. And then Sudesh, the designer, will come on after that and talk about the designs, share the designs.
7: Great. OK, thank you, Connie. Um, good evening, everyone. My name is Kristen Peralt. I'm with the Economic and Civic Development Department. Um, we're here to reveal the draft plan for the re- revitalization of downtown Sunole. Um, I'm just going to give a, a quick summary of our process so far. It's been a year, believe it or not. Um, and then I'm going to hand it off to the main event, which is SDFM Design studio is going to walk you through the plan. Um, and then I'll be back for our next steps and questions. Um, oh, I also wanted to introduce uh, my boss, Eileen Dalton and Susan McHugh. They're here today as well. You um, can wave it then, they're in the panelists as well. Um, okay, so call to action is my corny way of saying how we got involved um, with Sanole. Um, we had a um, planning department connected us with Connie DeGrange regarding a uh, policy conversation for the zoning ordinances and the requirements for opening a business in downtown Sonal. And that happened in January of last year. Um, From that conversation, we learned that the uh, downtown maintenance for Sonal was of the trees, banners, and garbage um, was solely being done by the awesome volunteers. And um, we thought that was pretty incredible, but also it kind of falls nicely in our wheelhouse of support. Um, so that um, that led us to um, having a, another conversation. And Eileen Dalton, um, my boss, had um, wanted to provide some assistance um, with the banner of taking up and, and putting down. Um, That led to a larger conversation with the downtown Sonol needs, and from there, we scheduled a walking and listening tour on February 6th. Um, The attendees included Supervisor Halbert's office, Albert Lopez from our planning department, um, our planning director, excuse me, our small but mighty team of um, five of uh, ECD staff, and a handful of the downtown property owners and um, business owners. Um, as well as Connie DeGrange and Tom Harlan. Um, From that meeting, the takeaway was that there are some areas in the downtown that both businesses and residents could see some improvements and and seek some additional support. And so after that um, walking tour, we were scheduled to come to the SEAC to present um, on February 16th. And we introduced our department and this idea of a revitalization plan proposal. Um, and so the proposal was to come up with a visioning exercise or do a visioning exercise um, of what the downtown and changes or improvements could be. And on March 16th, we returned with a draft RFP. Um, that RFP was for to hire an urban designer. Um, some of the things we were looking for on that meeting on the 16th was uh, comments on the scope, what we wanted to ask our urban designer to do and work on, areas to focus on. Um, we also requested at that meeting, a subcommittee be created to work with the urban designer and and staff um, to in the process of developing this plan. Um, from March to June, we did our RF, We ran our RFP. The sub um, the SCAC said, "Please go forth um, and do this proposal. Do this pl- work on this plan." And from March to June, we ran an RFP process. Uh, we held interviews. The subcommittee was uh, participated, asked the questions, and um, selected the, um, designer who is, um, was SCFM design studio. Um, part of that scope of the RFP was to, uh, was including community listening sessions. And out of one of our subcommittee meetings, the potluck in the park was a really, um, was a good way to fulfill that need. Um, I heard it's something that CINAHL does often. So on July 16th, we held a potluck in the park um, listening session. It was a pretty hot day, but the pizza was delicious. Um, The food was great. There was even a couple llamas. And um, there was um, a lot of good conversation um, about what improvements, if any, could be done to the downtown. And Sedish and his team were there to listen, um, to provide prompts for conversation. And there was also a survey. Um, during that survey or the survey, we received 38 responses and followed by two um, emails, so a total of 40 out of that meeting. And after the potluck, we decided that um, the folks that didn't have a chance to make it to the the park that day needed an opportunity to weigh in. So we t- took that questionnaire, that survey and put it online. ran it from August 4th to August 11th and received uh, we received an additional 43. Um, survey responses. So over 80 uh, folks responded to the survey and provided comments and feedback on what they'd like to see. Um, After the results were um, brought to SCFM, they went away and worked on on some ideas and some renderings and and analyzed the data, brought it back to the subcommittee, made sure, okay, this is what we heard um let's start to develop some some ideas um from that we had two meetings where we looked at the draft plan they were both online and um after after the holidays uh the subcommittee and staff and the designer decided that in order to really give the public enough time to really absorb this information it's a 77 page document we wanted to provide an open house um, where folks could come attend. Um, Vina Rosler of Casa Vela offered her space. Thank you very much, Vina. And um, we had over 40 people come last Wednesday to look at the recommendations, really look at the plan as a whole, provide comments, and it, it ended up being a, a pretty positive experience. People really liked it and it prompted more conversation. Okay, what next? Um, so that leads us to tonight. Um, Our special meeting where um, Sadish is going to walk you through the plan and um, and um, answer any questions that the community may have about it. I just wanted to one more thing I missed is I just want to say thank you to our subcommittee for the time and effort that they put in during this process. Um, That included Connie DeGrange, Vina Rossler, Tom Harlan, Shirley Kaminsky, Andrew Turnbull and Michael Miller. Um, as I just laid out, it was a year of, of working and, um, and providing comments and feedback, so thank you. And with that, my screen froze, I'm going to hand it off to Sidish Muhindru. He's the principal of SCFM Design Studio, Inc., Inc. and um, he's just been a really great person to work with. I know he's visited Sunil over 15 times to, to really get the feel and 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 see um, the downtown and and see how it's currently operating. So, Sadish, with that, I'm going to stop sharing and I'll let you. Um...
8: Thank you. I will start
1: sharing. Oh, I think you have to allow me to share. You were sharing a minute ago. We saw the.
7: Front page of the report. Yeah. Oh, that was my
8: presentation. Oh, that was, you, that oh, was okay. her. Um, maybe this will do it. There we go. Can you all see this slide with the quotation? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, let me just say something here. I uh, I I think that first, um, I, I'm going to be. I'm not going to repeat a number of things that uh, Kristen has covered in the interest of time. I I really want to make sure that there's a lot to cover, that I don't go over my allotted time, perhaps even less, because I'm assuming there will be questions and uh, we want to reserve enough time for that. So um, what I will do is just I'll take five minutes or so. To go over sort of the philosophy behind it you can say the process and why we did this process and what were the objectives um, of the end product how well the firstly i want to say that the first important thing is to understand the needs of the community Uh, that's a sort of big broad word but and so with that the second is uh from an objective perspective, uh, sometimes it's better to be an outsider that hasn't been to the place seen, and, and see what the existing conditions are, proceed uh, uh, both critically for, for its uh, flaws and for its opportunities. And combining those, understanding the needs, the survey and all of that, then we developed a set of, along with the, subcommittee members and we had a number of conversations, informal and formal conversations on site as well as on Zoom. We we basically started developing, I like to develop some guiding principles uh, because what we are doing here is not a specific solution. What we're doing here is setting a template of uh, objectives and and uh, guiding guiding principles. So the guiding principles became very important and I'll come back to each of them as we we do the uh, presentation. And then from that, finally, what we developed is a sampling of design ideas. And we divided that for sake of uh, understanding and convenience uh, into eleven zones, but the, basically the zones cover the length and the breadth of the scope. And I'll show you what this area is. Of these sem- the, these design ideas that I'll be sharing with you, they are concepts. They have been developed with uh, the constraints in mind, the possibilities in mind. Each one has its unique challenges, but they all in in our opinion they're all within the realm of possibilities but they will obviously have to be developed further detailed as well as in that process they may they may undergo alterations for example uh and then finally uh, implementation the other thing I want to say is I want to just introduce Karen and Bailey uh I think I think I can speak for themselves that we three of us when we Started coming to Snow, we kind of fell in love with the place. Um, there is something special there, even on days when uh which were quite a few in the in the hot days of of July and August when I would sometimes show up at 12 in the afternoon, and there really wouldn't be anybody on, on a weekday on the main street, but I could still feel the charm of the place and See the possibilities. So we've spent a lot of time and I think Christian, I think 15 is an understatement. I, I, I have projects in that area. So whenever I, I wanted to make sure that I get a feel for the place on weekends, mornings, evenings, weekdays, sunny days, foggy days, and not, a lot of things like that. So back and forth, we've done that, which I think it was invaluable. Um, so I will start by, by I hope you've read this quotation. That's one of our guiding principles is that we are really, what we're doing here is ultimately the goal is to serve and save a community, the values that are there. And uh, that is the, the, the paramount that we preserve that. Uh, very quick history, as you all know. Settled thousands of years ago, Spanish settlers arrived after the Native Americans in the 70s. It became a social hub for local agricultural families, school activities, square dances, parades, Main Street. So it's all, I'm focusing more on the Main Street history now. The first train start station happened in 1869. Water temples built. and increase in residents, vacationers, and businesses that were necessary for serving those those, uh, 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 new residents and vacationers. And therefore, the last, the main street thrived. Uh, Automobile uh, arrival decreased the need for trains. That happened everywhere, of course. Niles Canyon Road became a primary route through Snow. However, unlike many communities, uh, in the 50s, the interstate system bypassed and preserved it, actually. Um, Fires in 87, 89 did the opposite. They destroyed many of the historic buildings uh, on Main Street and with them destroyed some of the businesses. So the county formed a Citizens Advisory Council, to restore and promote some old heritage. Uh, when we started this process, we um, made a detailed walk through, held in-person uh, listening session. I won't elaborate this. Kristen has already done that. So I will skip this part and go straight to the summary of what we heard at that uh, session, as well as the online survey, and this is just a snapshot. If somebody's interested in our in, in the uh, feasibility report, we have the entire survey document, a very detailed document. You can cross-reference questions. They're deliberately some of them are. Uh, this is we've learned over years that best way to. Uh, 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 extract the sort of what people really feel about a situation is to perhaps to ask the same question, but in a different way and see what the reaction is so that the wording doesn't uh, throw them off or throw us off in understanding what people are saying really. So we did that. This is just a a sampling of the bar charts, both in person as well as, and what we find here is very quickly is that the description that most people uh, favored for is historic, small, rustic, and unique. Create safe streets for pedestrians and vehicles high on the list, Uh, crosswalks, sidewalks, and signage. 75% almost of uh, people wanted more uses on Main Street. And they described later as to what type of uses there might be. And those are restaurants, cafes, shops, and green gathering spaces. Supporting additional crosswalks with very high. Uh, then I'll skip some of them. Uh, back page 25, we have more visibility into the park, uh, more in sort of integration. We asked this question, actually, in several different ways. And I think visibility was just one of the ways we asked them to how to integrate the main street as well as the as the park, which uh, for first-time visitors certainly can be easily missed, uh, I missed it the first time because I came on my own and without any guidance. Really uh, supportive of the footbridge was majority, but not a not a uh, super uh, uh, favourable response. Sidewalk extension uh, to the school was very high, and and also extending the the pedestrian access, whether it's a sidewalk or some other way uh, to the water temple, that was also two-thirds of the people were more than two-thirds in favor of that and also favor of improving the uh, water temple intersection, the four corners, once you get there. Um, The main street, the Main Street is a word that is used very often, in lots of communities, anything ranging from a population of 50 to, to perhaps uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions. But what what, what, be, what we mean by that is, it's really a metonym for a focal point of the community. So, which means a various activity, civic, it's not just commercial, uh, it's, it's civic, it can be residential, it's a gathering place. And it's it's got its own unique sort of qualities. Um, The other thing I want to go back to is that we there's a lot of change happening in the world. And change, and you see that change reflected in lots of main streets that are revitalizing. Some do it very well, and some do it, in my opinion, in an unfortunate way. And and so I wanted to sort of emphasize that even though the change is happening and change is inevitable. The destruction of the community character is certainly not, if we do things carefully and do it right. Uh, We need to actively avoid homogenization of our environment. Uh, Certainly, Sunol's case, there is nothing homogenous about Sunol. It's it's a very unique with a sort of unique set of with a sort of a unique uh, way of expressing their personality whether it's the pizza in the uh, oven in the park to a location of uh, the Bosco sculpture it, it there's a special quality to it we need to reinforce that and not counter it and and so that build on on that sense of place of course Up, what we've Distilled here after a lot of discussion is the sort of the foundation of what all of our design uh, opportunities, ideas are based on. They're based basically on a set of uh, points that we developed from the feedback that we got and the existing conditions that we saw uh, and we sort of blended it together, and we came up with essentially we feel we need to mark the entry points. There is a uh, there is an ambiguity of where where does Main Street really start, and I think it's not just a psychological thing; It also affects the traffic. People don't know quite don't know where to slow down, uh, especially if they're going westbound. Um, it it kind of takes you from Highway eighty four. And it's suddenly you go past, you don't have anything to slow you down till you actually get to the Bond Street intersection. So, so there are uh, definitely, I think it would it would benefit from having uh, entry points that are well identified and the various ways of doing it really. Integrating the park and the creek with the main street. These are great resources that together I think they can uh they're much larger than the than the sum of their parts. Uh fill in the gaps. There are a lot of gaps in the sidewalk, and I'll I'll explain that as we go along. Uh integrate the businesses on Main Street. There are some businesses that are what I call it not well integrated, particularly on the west side, uh, because the main street kind of uh disperses itself, and it melts down, so to speak, uh, as you approach the um, uh, buildings that are uh, the the, uh, Casabella building, as well as the Cerny building. Strengthen the rhythm along the main street to provide a certain sense of unity. So once you know you have developed entry points, then everything should be, people should there should be certain expectation uh, on, on people's part where they feel they can pace themselves. And that means creating nodes, creating crosswalks, creating predictable uh, points where one can travel on one uh, south side and maybe cross over to the north side if they wanted to, and they kind of get a sense of how much have they covered. and And, and this is what I call the mapping of a street, really. It's like, You want to be able to sense where the beginning and the end is and uh, so you can feel you're in control of of where you are. Uh, Plant and... uh, So planting nodes along Main Street, I think I mentioned that. Plant and preserve shade trees, appropriate accessories. This is a practical small things like bike racks and and benches and uh, wayfinding signs for... Uh, for example, there's uh, the the uh, uh, Little Brown Church, for example. It, it, there should be a sign that says, this is where the church is, this is where the water temples, things that are not obvious on the main street. And then linking the pedestrian access to the four corners area, that's beyond the main street, but within the scope of what we're trying to cover here. Uh, back again, I'm going to focus again on our sort of guiding philosophy. We want to keep things organic, layered. By organic, I mean, it is organic right now. And I think by by layered, I mean, um, well, let me go back to organic. Organic, to me, what it means is that things develop. It's not a one-time uh, effort. You, you're not sort of developing. That te- tends to be more homogeneous. We know that given the resources, as they become available for implementation of these ideas, some of the some of the ideas may may uh, be implemented sooner than some of the other ideas, uh, simply because the funding often comes with strings attached as to what it is for. Is it for for pedestrian safety? Is it for restoration of the creek? Is it for uh, uh, restoration of some tree plantations? So there there is a It has to be flexible. Our ideas have to be flexible, not a rigid plan that you do A, B, and C in that order. So, and that results in the organic process. Layered by layered, I mean that, and that is a frame of mind that you respect what is already there and and you patch in. It is like a patchwork quilt. You don't erase most of the good things that are there. You just stitch them in with your new plan, even if, and, and knowing very well that they will it will be obvious to people. But I think that is the beauty of uh, the character of Sunol in a way where there's a layering of it, and you are, you are aware of the layering. What happened 50 years ago? What happened and is still relevant to us? And so there's a richness that comes in that diversity of uh, features, Uh, local, artisan, authentic, There's a pretty obvious, and they are all sort of anti-homogenization. So when we pick benches, we pick chairs, there's local talent. Uh, We want to certainly build upon that and and create a memorable place really. So let me quickly go to this diagram. So now we're getting into the existing, uh, what we observed, what's out there. The first and foremost is simply What are the uses on on the main street? So here we have everything from civic, commercial, residential, retail, we make a distinction between commercial and retail, utility and vacant. And so you can see the residential tends to be along the Eastern uh, half of uh, main street and and the commercial uh, tends to be on the Western half. Uh, civic, which is primarily the school use, though post office is uh, as a use, we're putting it under civic, is in the Western half. Uh, overviews of uh, the uh, streets. What becomes obvious as you look at from these drone photographs that we took specifically for this exercise um, and I'm only showing you a few of them but I think they're invaluable to see the things in context and and because you don't always see um as you're walking on the street uh, you can see here you can start seeing that the character of the main street on the eastern half which is primarily residential with the with the uh, uh, with one building, that that's the uh, barbershop uh, uh, building and the um, um, Galleria. That that those are uh, that there's a there's a certain character to that street by virtue of his shape, by virtue of the fact that there's sidewalks on both sides, and it's it's something that's understandable and my in my way of thinking. In my language, urban design, the rhythms are more predictable. You know the rhythms of the street. where you know what to expect as you go along. Uh, they become quite absent when you are on the western half. So this is a diagram that simply says, if you look at it, just by virtue of the shape and um, and the fact that the sidewalks on both sides of the street, the eastern half looks more complete and defined. The Western half uh, primarily suffers from the fact that it it, it kind of breaks down the framing. The buildings are not, even though in the Eastern half, the houses and, and uh, some of the houses, they're not facing right at the sidewalk, but it is, they still conform to and respect is the outline of the street, even though there's maybe a beautiful garden in front of them, which is very enjoyable for people walking by. But you lose that when you go to the south side of the western half, uh, particularly in front of the Cerny building and, uh, and the, the event center next door. And on the opposite side, we really don't have any uses. We have a creek and the park and vegetation which doesn't give a lot of definition to the street, so it's a little confusing picture there uh, that I th- it results in people not uh, really tr- sensing that that is that is still part of the main street, so to speak. Um, now, let me take you to start you. This is how we organize ourselves. Uh, we we start from the e- west. Uh, and end up at the east. So the first um, the first area is as you arrive. Now, arrival from 84 is is also kind of odd. Uh, you don't really, because of the topography and everything else, you don't have a sense. Unless you see the sign, you could miss the arrival. Uh, and the sign, there's uh, there's a sign there, and then you have to sort of take a, off-ramp almost, and it takes you to, uh, it sort of brings you when you're really not familiar with where, where you're going, and there's no really uh, sense that you need to slow down until you get to the intersection. So that's, what, and, and the vast areas of asphalt all around. Uh, one of the things that over uh, looking at the situation, uh, uh, which is that uh, so Main Street tends to be the uses uh, because of the uh, the nature of the uses particularly the the entertainment uses and the event center the restaurant the events that there tends to be obviously a lot more use during certain days of the week as opposed to the others and so there is a uh, uh, need for greater parking during certain times and uh, and so we, we sort of felt that, you know, people have to arrive in their cars and we have to serve them. And I saw during, uh, during events, there was a lot of confusion, uh, pedestrian interaction in front of uh, these parking areas. And so we really think that the, the empty sort of gravel area, which is west of um, this uh, off ramp, and could be integrated in a way that that becomes an overflow parking, if not always designated parking. It, it, it's, been, it's been proven to be a successful formula in towns, in Gold Rush towns, I mentioned Sutter Creek, and a lot of those places. Uh, they, are, they, they don't have parking structures, certainly. They don't have large parking fields along their main street. They have it behind or at the entrances of Main Street which are outside the main street so that when they do have special events, uh, fairs, uh, makers fairs, craft fairs, all of that, those spaces are used and people walk the whole street and then when when there's no one using it, it's no longer it's not a, an eyesore during the rest of the week uh, occupying valuable sort of real estate in the middle. So here, uh, it is going to involve for the study, but I think that what this intersection can be designed in such a way that, in addition to providing parking, where you could you could even come back into town, which right now you cannot really do unless the gate is open on the on on the parking lot for the for the railroad, which is not always the case. Uh, you, the crosswalks and the way the configuration is that it should actually be possible to us design it so that when people are leaving Sunol, right at that intersection with the Main Street, they don't t- think they have a free hand and they can press the accelerator and sort of start moving. They will still have to wrap, uh, uh, sort of drive a little slowly, to the stretch till they go past this walkway area here, which can be a raised walkway. So they're really picking speed further west, which will make it much safer for people, both coming in and out and give the perception of time to slow down and time to come in uh, uh, because you're entering a main street. This is also one of the locations we think could benefit from, would be a good location to have A a gateway uh, sign. uh, And we've shown an example of what it could look like. It's a further sort of recognition of the arrival point, a more definition of the west side, as well as letting people subliminally indicate you must slow down. And now there'll be interaction between cars coming in another direction uh, because this is a right angle uh, crossing, as well as pedestrians that are uh, crossing a number of them from the rail, railroad station uh, to the uh, event center, as well as uh, the rest of the, down, the, the downtown area. Um, when we go to the area two, now these are sort of somewhat artificial distinctions. Area one and two can almost be looked at it in, in concert with, with, with each other. The two encompasses essentially what happens after you stop here? And this is what I wanna show here is, this to me is a very confusing area uh, for pedestrians. And this is where the most uh, conflicting interaction takes place between pedestrians and um, motorists. First of all, you come in here and you have a stop sign entering the town, but the traffic on the other going, it's not a four-way stop sign. so. So that's the first thing uh, uh, that we observe. Secondly, it has missing sidewalks. For example, these red dots, orange dots, as you see, are dots that people use, but there is no crosswalk there. So from the railroad, if you want to go to the park, which is a number of people do that. they trains come in, they make a beeline for the park. Um, they just cross over like that. If you are com- going to the park, let's say from the event center area, then you're gonna do this and not necessarily go across this uh, 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 crosswalk to enter which seems like a counterintuitive thing. It sends you into the parking lot and then you go traverse the parking lot to go. Uh, And same thing on the way back. So there's a, a lot of interaction here, which I think can be easily done without major changes. And so what you're seeing here is um, we, we, are, we are recommending that we, propo- we are proposing another crosswalk right here. It's very simple. Uh, people have to slow down of the train tracks anyway. Um, so we are proposing one there. We are, we are proposing that this be altered so it's a right angle and not goes against, uh, so it's the shortest path uh, for a pedestrian and, and no longer than it needs to be. And then they'll cross, and we close the we close the walkway through the parking lot. We once they cross, they can either go left to go to the park, or you can go right to go to the rest of the downtown if they wanted to go that way. Um, and then also to reorient this walk a little bit so that its orientation is to not to sort of swing you back away from Main Street, like it does right now, but towards Main Street, and that there'd be a connection. Right now, if you, I'm gonna take you back, if you are here and you wanna go to the Cerny building or, or further down Main Street, there is no way. There is absolutely no sidewalk. So people are all sort of confused and they walk along behind cars, which is kind of dangerous because cars pulling out, or they just weave themselves here in between. They don't quite know how, how they can go. And that's the definition we think is, uh, sorry, going back. Uh, that's the definition we want to change. And I think we can do that without altering the basic configuration that's there. Um, let me take you, uh, so the this uh, fountain area here, will become the fork. So you come in here, you go straight to the event center from the train uh, station side, or the fork takes you this side to go to the Cerny building and beyond. Uh, now we get in front of the Cerny building. Now that's another area where uh, there's there's no sidewalk, there's complete lack of uh, definition there. In fact, I'll bring you on the Eastern side the sidewalk from the east, all the way from Bond Street, comes all the way uninterrupted up to this point, And then it just dies. And there is no, so this orange dots are what I have seen people do uh, uh, sort of observing their behavior, how they go. They again are confused and they sort of jaywalk here and there or go between cars and and find their way down to either the event center or uh, the, the rail station. So this is our way of saying, integrating the Cerny building, which is a dominant building really on Main Street. And we wanna integrate that. The way to do it is, is obviously not to move the building, but to create a forecourt in front of the building that belongs to the building. That's the outdoor seating space whether it's dining, bar, whatever it is. It can even have a little structure. We're showing a trellis structure with a gate. Uh, this is a common strategy that has worked over thousands of years, actually, when uh, residences and uh, closer to home, Europe, of course, has the same uh, same situation where there are old homes, mansions that are on Main Street, but they're no longer now, they're commercial establishments? How do we connect them? Uh, How do you make people easily accessible to them? So they don't feel like they're intruding, even though it's a commercial building. Well, the way you do it is you bring the commercial nest to it, of it right to the curb. So if it's a restaurant, the menu is happening right here. So you don't have to go all the way there, look at the menu, and then decide whether you want to go in or not. You do that at the sidewalk, because the forecourt of that business is the outdoor seating and merchandising area for that business. So you're creating a framework. And that's what I mean by bringing the building uh, impression of the use forward. So now this building looks like it belongs to the main street and it's creating a framework for, um, we have a couple of ways of doing it. Uh, Just one, one, I want to mention that Uh, What may be obvious to some people is, oh, are we losing parking? In reality, we have actually been able to uh, replace, uh, this is conceptual, obviously, but with the loss of maybe no more than one parking space, we can compensate because what we are doing is we are extending parallel parking. So for example, one, two, three, four, five, there are five parallel parking spaces where there were none here. So if there were seven or eight spaces here, we picked up five or six here. In one of the schemes, we even kept three spaces uh, for the servicing of the CERNY building and started this definition little further east. And in this approach, we're really not losing um, more than maybe one parking space. But that definition is very important to us. So this is one image of it. This gives you the views from the other side looking west. So all of a sudden to us, a building that to me right now does not relate to Main Street, it starts becoming like a dominant building on Main Street, even though its edge is not right at the sidewalk. Uh, We go to area four. As we go to four, we find that, This was an opportunity uh, that it seemed to us that it is towards the middle of the park number one number two it it's a cross it's a logical place to have a crosswalk because you're now over 200 feet away east of the only existing crosswalk which is over by the 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 rail station intersection and also we are hoping to extend the south side sidewalk towards the Cerny building. So the way we've done that, and and the thing that really impressed us is the bulletin board, the community notice board, the clock, the sculpture, Bosco sculpture, the benches, the memorial benches that are here, they just struck to us as wonderful element, wonderful pieces. A nice seed for a node for a get to, but the place wasn't big enough right now. It's not big enough right now. It feels like, yes, we're trying to create a node, seating node, but it's just not there. There's too much asphalt around it. Uh, it is getting sort of eaten up by the surrounding asphalt and the sidewalk, and it's uh it becomes nothing more than simply a um, a sidewalk that happens to have a sculpture um, in, in it. So when we combine those things in this plan, as you can see, we the location of the clock and the Bosco sculpture is unchanged. What we have done simply is created this curb extensions that don't exist right now, Uh, The curb extensions, what they do, by the way, is they shorten the length of the crosswalk for people because the crosswalk, strictly speaking, doesn't start till the end of the curb extension. Uh, These parallel parking spaces that are already there, you go past them. And so by creating these curb extensions, it, again, psychologically slows people down. And we are recommending that they actually be speed tables, which is a fancy word for a raised crosswalk. So the cars will go up and, and it's like a rumble. It's it's like a speed break, but it's not a, it's not an irritating speed breaks where cars just go up and down and it's only to irritate the the motorists. It's really uh, to allow pedestrians to walk and wheelchairs people to go back and forth and strollers without having to go down and up on a short distance. So once we do that, Uh, We then start defining this area, and we think once we combine this with an access to the bridge, to a new bridge, when if and when that happens, then all of a sudden, together, where the sculpture is, we rearrange some of the furniture that's there, and all of a sudden this becomes a place that is definitely a node now. Uh, you can sit on the side, you can go to the bulletin board without having to seem like you're going behind in a parking lot to see the bulletin board. You can see all that. And you have this uh, crosswalk that's been illustrated here uh, to get on the other side. Now, I want to go back and show you one more thing that we are proposing. And it's an example, actually, there, there are other places this could happen. One of the things we observed is that The sidewalks, even when they are sidewalks, the the length of an area that, if you consider sidewalk as having, essentially it's a, it has degrees of of usage uh, and safety for pedestrians. If it is a sidewalk only for pedestrians, that's very clear, that's the safest. And that's where the curb is raised. But then in Sonola and many other places, Occasionally, you will have driveways. Well, when a sidewalk is going in front of a driveway, it needs to. It, it'll have the orange truncated uh, 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 um, domes to warn people, uh, visually impaired people, because now you are sharing that that part with automobiles, and those should be minimized. So here you have almost ninety feet in front of the post office of of sidewalk that is being shared and it is serving only one two, three, four five parking spaces. Now there's one here which I'm told and I've seen it myself, people do park illegally here. Um, but the point and and of course the the driveway going to the back, which is only for only reserved for our employees. You can have all the functions the same functions but and turning this what what I consider an illegal parking spot because some of the bigger vehicles actually interrupt the, the the sidewalk. So by you're not altering the number of parking spaces, you're just making it a little bit cars can't sort of swing at a high speed and park wherever they feel like and even cars going at the back of the building, can easily do that by taking a little sharper turn, which means they, they are going slower, which is what we want people to do and not have to drive fast because it's too too wide and open. But what that does is it reduces 80 to 90 feet of this uh, sort of shared zone with automobiles to almost half of it and still serve the same function. So I think this is something as a tool in our toolkit, that could be applied in one or two other places also. Now we get to five. This is a wonderful opportunity. Uh, this building has a great visibility from the west. As you're going east, you really are seeing the side of the building, much more so than even the front of the building. So it is almost like a at an intersection. Um, so that's. However, the side, the way the side is right now, and the driveways that go to the to the back property here, and the driveway that goes to uh, the back of this very property, the, the cafe building property, they are right now sharing this road, and it's it's kind of confusing in this area. Uh, lots of asphalt, as you can see in the picture here, um, all around it it. Doesn't really have a nice definition, but it has a wonderful opportunity to do what we try to do at the Cerny building, which is to bring its identity all the way up forward. And the way we will we do that is by simply uh removing the parking spaces in the front of the building, which again interrupt the sidewalk. We don't have to do that. We can extend the parallel parking in front and pick up. Uh, at least two of those, two or three of those spaces here, and, and reorienting the back entrance to this property, to the cafe property, so that you, this becomes a nice outdoor deck area for whatever use might go there. It doesn't, it could be cafe, it could be a wine wine tasting uh, place, could be lots of things. But I think that's it, consistent with the character of Sonal where there's some outdoor activity taking place and you can see that there the people are you can walk down this the, the sidewalk and say hello to your neighbor who happens to be sitting in uh, outside you can't really do that when people are inside the building so that sort of outdoor living is very conducive given our weather too uh, so this I think is a um I I think it's a low-hanging fruit when when this building uh, gets uh, Used now, uh, there was something I want to mention here. Perhaps that I should. Uh, there was there were some questions about that. Some of the ideas that we're sharing here they involve private property, and some of them involve pub, public property, and some of them involve both. Well, I think yes, and I think that is by 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 design. We're doing it that way, even though the funding and the implementation could happen, uh, will happen differently. So the private property improvements will be responsibility of the private uh, party. But we are showing it so that we know that both private and public partnership can work. So in concert with uh, the uh, the p- private property owner, uh, once they once they develop this building this cafe with outdoor the seating, they're going to want to have then the sidewalk in front and sidewalk is public property. So even if one, the public property part gets done first and the private property is not ready to put out that because they don't have a tenant, at least it's been done uh, with the intention that it's not whatever public improvements are made, it's not going to harm. It's the opposite. It's going to help the development of the building so there's interaction involved there's there's a lot of uh, uh, back and forth that'll happen but that that is the nature of uh, the you know a successful street because Main Street is really uh, all about not just the the public part is like the floor of the room the walls of the room of this living space outdoor living space the walls are really the private property responsibility and how the two meet is is where the successful formula sort of lies. Uh, We go to six is a small feature, Um, not a big thing, but I think small things can make a big difference. I I observed this when I was there, there were cars parked and all. As you walk, whether you walk west or east off uh, in front of this building, because the diagonal parking takes stops, uh, as you're walking in the car parked here, on either side, it, you, you get the feeling the sidewalk stops until you get to that place. And then you realize, oh, there's a sharp turn. I can bend around. So I think we, we have an easy solution for that. We create something that is curved. And and, and instead of just having a wasted sort of concrete area where this bumper sign is, we have a little landscaping with a curved bench, curved this, put a little sculptural element, art piece here. And now you've created essentially something that can be perceived by people as they're approaching, whether they are going eastbound pedestrians or westbound as pedestrians, they can see, oh, there is a node coming, and I'm going to turn there. Uh, I think it provide it links this building, which is somewhat detached from the rest of the commercial buildings on uh, on the on the western side, even more closely to the main street. And it uh, it 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 recognizes something that is fundamental. There is a change in the sidewalk. So let's celebrate it. Let's recognize it, and not. Not do it in a way that wasn't sort of thoughtful. Um, Seven is an additional crosswalk. Now, I want to say this, the distance between the, even if we put the crosswalk, the raised crosswalk at the clock uh, and, and Bosco sculpture node and the entrance to the park, let's say, from that new proposed crosswalk, to the next crosswalk at Bond Street is still 800 feet, uh, sorry, 600, a little over 600 feet. So that's more than two city blocks or town blocks, I should say about 250 is the average size. And so it, we definitely need one here. Uh, residents, I've occasionally seen residents walk and go across, people do that all the time, to talk to the neighbor across the street. Well, well, they jaywalk. That's all they do, they're everywhere, which is fine. But I think we need to recognize that. So we have created this here at the end of, uh, this seems to be a good spot to create that sort of similar. And these, this will eliminate the need for the, the speed bumps that we have. Um, so we, now we get to Eight, which is the school intersection, it's also the eastern part where you kind of sense the main st- end of Main Street. In many ways, the area is is uh, got excessive amount of asphalt that is undesignated. I call that undesignated meaning nobody's supposed to be there. Of course, cars just go right there. They don't always follow the lines. And so there's a lot of wasted space. And this concrete island looks kind of isolated and out of place. Um, So plus that that intersection is, is undefined. There's a lot of movement of cars coming from the school or going to the school, but mostly coming out from the school parking lot. They're very close, is it really one intersection or is it two intersections that are very close to each other? So I I think obviously this will require further study from the traffic uh, engineers, um, but it seems that best way to have intersections that are safe and that move traffic uh, reasonably well so that pedestrians and motorists feel comfortable and the movement continues is to have more definition is whose right of way it is. Is it one intersection? Or if it is two, then they should be separated. So we really think that this is an opportunity to improve traffic as well as provide another node. And the node is that all that extra asphalt and a concrete that's here if that's turned into a non-driving surface, which is what it's supposed to be right now because of the white stripe. Now it can even be designed, I, I, I kind of doubt if the fire truck, sometimes those things are done so that the fire uh, trucks can have a bigger radius. I doubt if that's the case here, I think it's big enough. But even if it is the case, it can be designed such a way that fire trucks are the only, o- only vehicles that can go over that Area, but otherwise it's not for your um, uh, regular motorist to go over. That creates a substantial zone here with these curb extensions, which makes it easy for a crosswalk going south and continuing on to the Highway 84 entrance, which we are also proposing, and also creates a place here for a a little node where parents could gather before they pick up their children, for example. Uh, It's also a beacon, it can be a little gazebo that you see from the end of the street coming from the west, and so you marking that. We also think that we could have another gateway um, arch here, which will be on the west side of the intersection, right here with the orange arrow is. uh, These are some examples of what could happen here, whether it's a seating open bench area or a gazebo area. But essentially, the idea is to separate these two intersections so that people aren't confused. Uh, these, These two movements of vehicles coming and going to Bond Street and Main Street, that is one intersection. And this is another intersection here. We're giving up a shoulder, uh, you can see a neck that separates the two of them. Not the shoulder, sorry, neck. Wrong body part. Uh, let's keep going now to nine. The nine is uh, nine is that sort of undefined zone which looks very charming, but it's not really safe for pedestrians. Um, it it is very wide, and it's used for traffic of course to come in but also cars line up on the right hand side either to park or to pick up or to enter the the school parking uh, lots without having to interfere uh, we feel that this is this is the place where people will experience even though they haven't seen the main street yet, but they need to get a sense that they need to slow down and they are entering town and this little sign, is really not sufficient uh, to do that. So what we're proposing is a, something that is a gateway sign that you walk through. It says Sunol, and and if we do this, we may or may not do the other one at the Bond Street intersection. Um, It's a balance we have to strike. But I think to me, this is a good way, a small way. It doesn't go across the road. The road is too wide at this point, but, we are creating a safety, safe uh, barrier, uh, a wall that is much more rural and uh, country in its character. And this is a sort of an example of a wall uh, on the left side of the picture, but to create a sidewalk that could probably be gravel. I don't think it, I think the concrete hard surface should stop at the bond street intersection. This, now you're, taking a more relaxed approach, strolling along the greenery. I do want to say that the but we, we don't intend, there's enough real estate here, we don't intend to put the wall and the sidewalk where the overflow parking and, and the sort of uh, uh, waiting area for cars to get in the parking lot is. I think this can all happen after that. So we don't have to There's enough uh, distance to do both of those things and not not one or the other. Uh, So that would be this one here. Uh, The 10 is really more of a reminder to us that we should stay vigilant and and interact with Caltrans that when they do replace uh, this bridge, that we wanna make sure they understand that we have a a gravel path that's going to come from, the down, from from the main street up to this point and he needs to continue on the other side as well as providing a safe sort of uh, rail or something here so car, so pedestrians feel safe as they as they go across. And finally, we get to this intersection. Uh, this intersection is uh, has gone through a lot of changes from its good old days, um, where there was a uh, uh, concave shaped circle, which all you're left now is because of the road expansions and everything, reorientation, you only on the south side, we have a part of that concave historic shape. And this red line kind of shows a sort of our estimation of where that used to be. Uh, And the rest is, of course, where uh, the Caltrans has recently done the uh, improvements. Now, uh, there are some odd things about the movement here. There's a crosswalk here. There are two crosswalks currently. There used to be a third crosswalk here up until Caltrans just did the restriping, and Connie and I are working with them uh, to find out what happened because there's really no reason why it it was taken away because the striping is exactly in the same place, the stop bar. Why that was left out when these two were done, we don't know. Uh, So that's an important thing because if you're coming this way, uh, there is no way to turn. You're not gonna go all around to get to the water temple you're going to jaywalk here so that needs to be dealt with the other is that when these crosswalks go on the south side there's really no place for them to land in fact they're so close to the wall i don't even think there's a place for a wheelchair to turn around they kind of just land and ignore the fact that there's a curb on the other side uh uh we Of course, we could take a position that we're going to historically bring back the original design, which is definitely a a, a commendable uh, objective. However, uh, very expensive and perhaps it'll take years and years to, to achieve. So that being said, we have a alternative that will be very inexpensive. And that is to not literally do what was there before, But to do a definite interpretation of it, which does not claim to be historic, but it has an essence, the spirit of it, that instead of concave, the circular shape is the opposite. Because that's how we work with what's there. And in this plan, what we have done is we've created a sidewalk in front of the water temple, the two walls that are already there, but this crosswalk is actually works well, which they, they still need to put, they haven't put that here. This is where Caltrans already has put it. This one on to the east side, going to 680 east side, this one, we think we can move by about 10, 15 feet forward. So it doesn't strike the wall as a dead end and not have enough space. It comes in front of this area. And then the rest, actually, we haven't changed anything. All we have done is introduced two low walls. They could be like the base of this, only the base of this historic structure. So very simple uh, low walls that keep people safe. And we can extend the sidewalk that comes from the downtown side, 84, uh, here, to serve this crosswalk that's already there, uh, to go to the market as well as wrap around and then come from the market to the water temple. So these are the two, the red is simply to illustrate, those are the only two things. But I wanna emphasize, we have not altered the road uh, uh, striping or the orientation with the exception of moving one crosswalk just about 10 or 15 feet further out. Which is really a striping issue and, and not a major construction redo. Um, this is what it could it could end up as. Um, now, this is yeah. I'm just showing you uh, something that you, are, are small features, but they they are very important as accessories in a downtown. And as we do these areas, these plazas. There's a tendency to sometimes for people, I've seen that they just go and buy what's commercially available and, and put it there. And that's what I mean by homogenization. We don't wanna do that. We wanna have unique locally made uh, sort of artisan type of uh, accessories, whether they are flower pots, hanging flowers, banners, benches, bike racks, uh, this is a very unique bike rack, which is a tree log that has been cut. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying uh, some of them work, some of them don't. We obviously have to wet, wet those out. But all of these have a certain character that to me is fits with the that's already established by a number of the features, whether they're in the park or on the main street right now. And they will just add to it and here are also examples of um, markers, historic markers, and the quality and the type of wayfinding signs that uh, we should try to implement, and so that they they work with the aesthetics of uh, and the feel and the sense of the place for, of of Sunil. Um That is my. Last slide, and I love love this quotation, it says we should think big, but always remember to make this places where people are to be small. So with that, I will end with this wonderful little pizza. So to me, that pizza, when the pizza is going, it's interesting to see how people are crowding themselves right there. That's what I mean by small, even though the park is big, but all the activities happening in that little area. And that's kind of how I see this uh, um, the the area where the new bridge we are proposing over by the Bosco sculpture is that areas don't have to be large. In fact, they can be small and charming and fit well with their surroundings. So with that, I will stop and uh, open up to questions. Over to you, Kristen.
1: Thank you, Sidish. Great job. Let's uh, let's see if there's any questions that people have,
0: Siddish about any particular areas.
8: Yes, and we can go back to any of the slides, of course. And Bailey uh, uh, Bailey and Karen are also available to share uh, if there's any particular question of a particular area. We have additional images, existing images, Google images that we can pull up if people have anything specific uh, to look at, because I obviously did not include everything in this presentation.
0: I see that Benjamin has a, a question or a
1: comment.
6: Yeah, first of all, thank you for the effort that you and your team put through on this. This is clearly a lot of work you did and certainly impressive, so thank you for that. Um, do have some questions from some Sonolians around EV charging becoming more and more prevalent I do know we have several all EV vehicles. Um, you know, some always seen around. Where potentially in your mind would you see, um, you know, chargers fitting in 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 this scenario, um, on your presentation here, back towards um, that parking lot on the dirt area that kind of goes down onto 84? Or had you thought about that at all? Or kind of maybe could you? And, and some of those folks yeah. are on, some of those folks are on the call right now. Um, so uh, maybe you could let us know what you
8: thought. Well, about. Well, let me, let me say this. Yes, we have thought about it. And, and what we've been able to do and on other projects right now is, uh, let me see if I can uh, uh, get my pen ready. So this being a large new lot, obviously will be a good candidate because you can group them together. The it's also possible that we do it in this lot that currently exists. These are public lots, so that would be our first choice. However, I have seen, and we have done in places, they, it, it's harder to do in parallel parking, but you have to, in order to distribute them, you have diagonal parking in this area, on this side, north side. That could easily be turned into uh, those kind of charging designated spaces for EV vehicles.
1: Okay,
6: great. Maybe a follow-up question. This may, be, may not be your expertise, but maybe someone in your team. Typically, when things like this are done in, in towns, how, how does that typically go? I know they're typically slow chargers versus fast chargers, but are those chargers typically funded 100% by somebody else, and they take all the revenue, or are, are they funded by you know something by the town and then the town over time collects the revenue um how, how, what does typically that look like in in your experience or or if you have any
8: well uh you know it's it's i have had experience with private parking lots with shopping centers let's say and they do do it the way they they let a third party manage them and the the third party comes along in fact they install them so it doesn't cost the developer who has a parking lot, let's say, but they do take the revenue. Uh, I'm gonna also ask Kristen, Kristen, are you, or Susan, you might be able to, we have charging uh, at Castro Valley and in that uh, shared parking lot. Do you know how that is handled?
7: I'm going to let Eileen Dalton answer that. Um, she's been uh, leading the shared parking lot agreement um, in that project. So, yeah.
5: Hi, today. How are you? Hi, everybody. Yeah, we have a, uh, a county participated in developing a shared parking lot to serve a variety of private properties, and then including a county property around the Castro Valley Marketplace and the the EV uh, charging stations were part of the kind of community benefits that we negotiated with the development. So the developers, meaning the marketplace, Castor Valley marketplace was responsible for putting those in. So they
1: weren't done by the county, they were done by the, the private property owner who developed the marketplace. Okay, thank you everybody. Aline, it sounds like, and Sadeesh, it sounds like there
0: are a number of different options.
8: Yeah, there are different options. BART uh, Bart does it, uh, I know the BART does it on their own. They manage it, they get the revenue,
1: they do right. their best. Another question that I got was about the overarching
0: sign at the intersection of Niles Canyon and Main Street. Um, and they were worried about the big trucks that sometimes come through town.
8: Oh uh, you mean you mean on the western side? Yes. oh, that that should not be a problem because uh, So when you look at this, the key is uh, we've done these in other locations. it's it's really the the height. This height, I don't know why my pen suddenly turned to blue, but it did. Let me change that. This is kind of uh, odd. Uh, Let's see here. There we go. Um, the, the, The height here has to be the height that will allow that to happen. It's like Fourteen feet nine inches. You see, you see that on the freeway was uh, mentioned. As long as the height, and 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 the the trick is to achieve that without making the sign look uh, oversized for a place like Sonol, which we've drawn this to a scale, should, should not be a problem.
4: Good. So, Siddish, I, I have a question on the market uh, in plot 11s, or I'm not sure, but there's a little market around that circle. um, Yes. And I noticed you wanted to put a wall in front of it, um, but I didn't notice if anybody uh, that owned or ran the market was involved with any of the suggestions. Have you talked to them? Or what's, what input did you get there?
8: Uh, Let me just go to the drawing first. Uh, Tony, my recollection is that they they were really in favor of that. Uh, I did not speak to them directly but
0: Paul I did go over and talk to Nellie and yes. um, her brother I can't uh, I can't remember the brother's name right now but I did talk to them and ask them what they wanted and they they are very very concerned about cars turning those corners and um, impacting the people who are sitting outside drinking coffee and and uh, um and they're where they have tables and chairs now, and they have asked, and we have asked Caltrans to put up some barriers. They did temporarily, and then they removed them. And so they were very excited to see that we were thinking about that, and they're very much wanting to do that. They offered to uh, plant the plants in the in the barrier. They wanted to have planter boxes. They offered to plant the plants, maintain the plants. They would they want something right away. They are very eager to have something there.
8: Well, I have I've actually experienced that. I've had the coconut juice a few times.
4: <laughs> I was wondering ah. that, that <laughs> means you're a local city. if you
8: have. I have parked there and I've stood there and I've seen cars come. There are trucks, the cars they park in an angle on an odd way here and there. That area definitely needs to be have some order because it will help the use of the outdoor seating. People love to sit outside as long as they feel safe and, and feel like it's in a defined area. So I'm not surprised at their positive reaction because I, I, it just seems uh, like they, they could be, it, it's a dangerous thing at some times.
4: Okay, so my my main question is, did you get input? It sounds like they talked to Connie and Connie got you input of some sort. So my only question, then my second question along those lines was just on the parking side, whether you've thought about uh, making that easier for people so that it sounds like you've thought about it, but the only thing you're proposing right now is the barrier, correct?
8: Uh, You mean the parking side? Oh, Oh, you mean, you mean the rest of the parking? Yeah, yeah, the getting in yeah. and getting out kind of thing. Yeah, it just, we didn't really, it wasn't really in our scope, but I, I think once we look at it in detail, it's kind of difficult to tell whose property is to where, to what, uh, people are parking on the south side and on the north side of this building. Uh, I actually, I, I come from the north generally, I always turn and park there right by the gate because there's a great view of the hills. The view that I took this picture from, the, the one that's the backdrop of all my slides is the picture from, from the the gate. It's the absolutely beautiful uh, uh, quintessential California rolling hills picture. So I park there. But I've seen cars and trucks that, uh, that do all kinds of things to the park there and there. It's it's sort of undefined right now, but there seems to be enough space that if it was a little more organized, it will be better.
4: Okay, yeah, that's my, I mean, given what you're doing with the spaces in the other areas, which I like, uh, I was a little surprised that you'd left that out. Um, but it sounds like you're confused about, I mean, you have it circled, uh, but it seems like you're confused about the details of whether you, you have scope there
8: right I I, I think it's just uh, that uh, we we uh, I, I put that under the next level of development for this area that we need to look into we could only address so many things uh, uh, at this time okay so the majority of our March
0: 15 no the majority of next week's meeting is Caltrans the February yes. 15th meeting Caltrans is going to be coming to Respond to our questions from our October 24 letter, and to talk about what's going on with the bridge, what's going on with the lights, the intersection, all all their activities and so and um, and they own all of that land there. So it's a good time to for us to reiterate that our need to have a crosswalk put back in that got taken out for some reason. Yeah, this one. And, yeah, and then also because they own the land around the market to make sure that they are in agreement with putting these walls in too. Which makes me think about all the projects that we're talking about, how complex it will be because there's so many different landowners and jurisdictions that we're going to need to engage
1: with. Any other questions? Anybody from the committee would like to say anything? Okay. Sudish, um, oh, Andrew? Andrew, you have your hand up. Yeah. Hi, Connie. Hi. Uh, I just want to say that
2: um, working on this committee, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I think that the choices that you um, were made, at least the people invited and the people that were on this is a strong cross-section of those of us that live on main street people that have been around in snow a long time new people and uh, the business owners and of course connie our leader and the other ones, the county has been delightful to work with every one of the employees that is on Kristen and, and your managers and this gentleman and his outfit so on behalf of at least one member of the committee and I probably it's probably not out of line to speak on for, all, for most or all the committee. We want to give our sincere appreciation for the process leading up to now. and, it, and I think inside the, the committee, people know that I, I would just like to have this done yesterday. I think it's just going to be awesome. So thank you and thank you for your respect and attention.
1: Yeah, I agree, Andrew it, it's just been inspirational. Any other questions um, Mary, Jerry? No, I, I thought it was an excellent
3: presentation. Uh, I, it's just it'd be uh, interesting to see you know how how one if, if this is adopted you know by the vast majority of folks how 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 it how it transpires. Uh, it's going to be a real interesting evolution for the town.
0: Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point and how do we make sure that and, and I think that um, this is Kristen's talk after this but how do we keep that momentum going.
1: Landy, you have a comment. Landy White. I'm
9: unmuted. <laughs> <laughs> Um, has anybody taken into consideration the uh, afternoon circus there of traffic that goes through Sano practically every day going eastbound? I, I know with all the work that uh, we've put into what we have now, they still come speeding down Main Street. Um <laughs>
6: Mr. White, are you talking about all the folks like who, who cut through Sonol to get, yeah. get home to live sure. there? I know yeah. I want to make sure. Well, I
9: the the ones that are taking foothill, uh, not so much. It's the ones that that jam up from uh, the the eastern entrance to Main Street from the the western entrance into Sonol. Uh, there have been times when it's just a parking lot.
6: Yeah, every, every day recently.
9: So yeah, we're no And we were we were talking about safety or he uh, was talking about safety. And that's always been a concern. I don't know how many times I've almost got run down.
0: Um, I think a number of the features that Sadiq has recommended where we can constrain mm-hmm. Main Street, where the crosswalks are that will cause people to slow down um, so that it doesn't look like a pass-through. It looks like a landing spot. <laughs> and that will make a big difference in, in how
1: people perceive what they're
0: doing when they're in town. And I also think that next week when we talk to Caltrans, we need to ask them that question too, because they're creating a lot of these problems for us.
9: Yeah.
6: Well, especially when those lights go active, you may have a lot of people who think that they're going to go around those lights and it may double up the problem there, um, especially
9: when football opens back up. Well, they'll figure that out real fast.
8: The, the uh, Benjamin, when you talk about lights, are you talking about the lights at uh, Main and 84? Are they not active yet?
6: Correct, I, I don't believe they are. Uh, they, they're there, um, but when those get turned on we're all kind of holding our breath to just kind of see what happens
8: well yeah, yeah. i i agree with you because sometimes uh, they've had the opposite effect but i do want to say that they they're their answer caltrans answer might be that they, they were put to help the situation
1: right they
0: do say that yeah yeah
8: so and, knew, when, and to, to be honest nobody knows until
6: you just do it yeah but my, my point is that you know when they turn those lights on i've Heard folks say, that's fine. We'll we're just going we'll just cut through some old and to bypass the lights. Maybe it does help and it ends up being faster, but nobody really knows until you do it because people can surprise you, right? So mm-hmm.
8: yeah, this surprise you, but you know, eventually I think it's a function of if they find that it's slower to go through Main Street than a, a properly timed light, then they will not go through Main Street.
6: I think, and I think you nailed it. I think that's the main concern that a lot of Sonolians have is the pass through there. And a lot of folks who do it aren't from here, don't live here and the way yeah. they drive and stuff, they don't, you know, people don't know who that car is and they, you know, and it's not safe. I think like somebody else mentioned. So, but we don't really know until until we see it. But uh, I think I think you're
1: dead on. Um, it looks like Jim O'Loughlin, do you have a comment or question? Yes, yeah, so, you know, several years ago,
10: can can you hear me, my mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had a, a traffic, uh a cut-through traffic study uh, that was done. And the most critical thing to keep in mind is that it's not how many cars you'll know, get you know on to 84 from Main Street, because the critical thing is how many cars go through the four corners and the same number of cars is going to go through the four corners, whether they come up 84 or whether they come from 84 and Main Street. And so the solution really is very simple. For Sheridan Road and Andrade Road, uh, I think it took them about two weeks to get uh, their supervisor to uh, agree to put a no cut through uh, Uh, policy into effect and uh, it uh, immediately solved their problem because they were backing up at Andrade Road to get back on 680. If we had a no cut through traffic policy that was enforced, then no one would be, there's no disadvantage to it. The same number of cars will go through the uh, four corners as they would without it. It's just that they would be waiting on 84 instead of on Main Street. And uh, it was a good example when you had your open house at the event center. You know, Main Street was at a standstill. And people were asking, well, you know, uh, you know, how does that happen? Well, it's very simple. Uh, if you allow the people to gamble to see if they can get ahead of one or two cars, uh, they're going to you know, try that. If we had a no cut through traffic uh, you know, policy, we would eliminate that congestion on Main Street and we would not create any additional problem because the same number of cars will go through the four corners as without it. And so I don't know why we wouldn't wanna do that. It would just you know, improve the environment of downtown Sonal. A second comment, is I think the four corners is probably the most significant or potentially the most significant historical uh, uh, feature in snow. And I think that we should, we look at what all Caltrans is doing with all this fancy concrete work in out of, just out at six, 680 in, in Livermore. I, I don't understand and I think we should pursue getting a full restoration of the architectural features at the four corners. And I don't know why we wouldn't want to do that. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jim.
0: So Landy, um, you've already had one comment. Do you have um, something to add, Landy White? That would...
9: um not end up to more than three minutes? I was just concerned about shortening the entrance to the post office. Because if you're trying to back out of a space, you have a hard time looking toward the school. And if if you're trying to go back up toward the kill care or the other way around, you, you you have a hard time seeing coming out of that, backing out of that parking lot. If you should constrict how you how you back out, you're liable to get into trouble. Okay. That's the only I'm worried about. Okay, thank you.
0: Thank
1: you. Okay, should we go back to Kristen? Thank you, Connie. And Siddish, can I share my screen? Absolutely. Okay.
7: All right. Okay, so after that great presentation, thank you for your comments um, and questions. So pending plan approval, um, we're asking that this body approve the plan, um, this draft plan. Uh, We recommend investing in an implementation plan, um, and the, the scope would be of that plan would be to work on a matrix, staff work on a matrix of project timelines, agencies involved, and um, some cost estimates. Um, it would also, um, we, we used our um, open house to ask the attendees on priority projects. And so that would be taken into consideration for this implementa- implementation plan. Um, and, and uh, go from there. Um, so we keep this momentum, this, these great recommendations. We would work, we would use the, um, the recommendations, the 11 areas that his team have outlined to guide our plan. Um, and we would work with the, the SCAC and possibly um, another subcommittee or the same subcommittee to, to work on this plan.
0: So Kristen, share what it what the favorites were.
7: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so we had quite a few people weigh in on first and second priorities. Um, by far, the um, first priority was oh, you're you're testing my memory. By far, <laughs> one of the first priorities was the crosswalk on the
8: bridge. The so one, yes. one, three, four, and five.
7: Yes, there was quite a few. So we had sixteen priority and votes eight. for one. Um, that was the crosswalk. Area four was the crosswalk and the yeah. plaza. Um, area five, I believe, was the was the, cafe. the was the cafe. Andrews Cafe space, the outdoor dining experience, and um, and eight. with, four, with eight fourteen was the votes school. was the school four. correct? Um, we had outdoor seating or. Turning that island into something more prominent for folks to sit and wait for their kids and chat, Um, and then the other one was the gateway sign that goes over the west end of the road, um, with uh, at the beginning of you know coming from eighty four getting onto Main Street, and um, those were the four priorities. um, But there was comments on a lot of them, so.
1: okay thank you very much
0: and um the team has been great to work with Um, we're very pleased with it i i everybody i think still supports putting up the water temple gates again in the the way it was before Um, and we need to keep that in our on our horizon and keep thinking about that Um, but we really wanted with this project to focus in on the main street it doesn't Mean that we would not have the gates at four corners. It's just not the first project. Okay. Did you have another slide? Get yep,
7: yep. uh, Oh, go ahead, Sidish. My next slide was just a contact us yeah. slide. This was on, our. So it was our next slide, Sidish. I,
8: I just wanted to share something with everybody because I, I, I'm a stickler for measuring distances and how much time it takes because perception is so different. I just want to share with everybody, if you start from the uh, train station uh, and you sort of use the standard of 250 feet a minute, which is a little more than 20 uh, minutes for a mile, that's not a super brisk walk. That's a good walk without stopping. If you use that the distance from the, from the train station to the Bond Street intersection is about a thousand feet, which means four minute walk. From Bond Street intersection, if we do this path to the water temple, is little more than a thousand feet, just roughly speaking, eight minutes. Eight minutes total from the train station to the entrance to uh, Water uh, Compare that to, and and you have another thousand feet to from the train station to the little little brown church. I I think most people will find that the distance they perceive from the train station to the water temple, it feels a lot longer than it is. I don't know if I, if, I sh- if others share that view, but I think it's just how the layout is and what obstacles you have to go through. but the water temple is is only um, eight to ten minutes from the train station. Over to you, Kristen.
7: Thank you, Siddish. I'm impressed that you know all of that, all the steps in the distance. And I'm sorry for shortchanging how many trips you made to, to Sonola. I should have known <laughs> That's that. all right. That's okay. <laughs> um Yeah. So with our next steps, again, we're just um we're suggesting that the plan be approved. We'll use this as our guiding um conversation to guide the conversation on these areas of recommendation and then to work on an implementation plan.
1: Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. If you can stop sharing your screen, then we can see the council members. Oh, okay. It's 820 and we have two people with comments that I wasn't aware of. Um,
0: Kelly Abreu, did you have a comment?
11: Yeah, thank you. Um when it comes to a, a a downtown, whether it's a tiny little town or a giant city um, and you've got a thousand feet or whatever to work with, um, my personal uh, opinions on uh, on urban planning, if you want to destroy the whole thing, just fill it up with driveways and and things so that, like driveway after driveway after driveway, or maybe a bank that nobody visits or whatever, so that when you're walking, there's nothing to see. it's just more you know cars. And uh, that's why, you know, downtown Pleasanton is pretty good because they don't have that many driveways. They've got the old buildings. And when you keep walking, you keep looking, finding nice things to to look at or things to drink or whatever. Um, And then over at the Four Corners, I mean, I'm just looking at this, the pictures of this on the Internet. And uh, the the name is actually misleading because uh, the... The SFPUC, that driveway for them, they don't use it. Or if they did use it, they don't use it very much. And they actually have a whole separate driveway a little ways away. Uh, It's kind of, you know, their own little shortcut. Uh, So if you closed off the main entrance at the four corners, they wouldn't even notice a difference. They could, you know, drive out their other alternate driveway, which goes under Paloma or whatever whatever that street is. And so then when you look at that whole intersection with all those ugly new stoplights they just threw in there, and make that destroy the whole atmosphere of Sunol if they had just used all the concrete all the asphalt they already paved you know that that piece of asphalt that's out towards the the SFPC gates nobody drives on it it's kind of uh, uh you know unused asphalt if you made people drive around in circles with roundabouts or whatever and made people kind of go out of their way it would slow them down you would use the concrete the the, the asphalt that's already there They would have to slow down because they have to go around in a giant circle and you would use the space better and it would look better and probably be safer and you could probably get higher traffic volumes through. It would be better for everything and better be cheaper. Personally, I think they should just take all those traffic lights and go put them somewhere else because I don't think you need them that much in Sunil. Thanks.
0: (laughs) It's just convincing Caltrans of that. Um, It looked like Kathy Nava had
1: a comment with, Her her hand is down now. Okay, Kathy. Oh, oh, first of all, let me just say, uh, I really appreciate also really appreciate all the work and the drawings
0: and uh, like Andrew states, uh, I wish it was done yesterday. Um, The uh, and I agree with the last uh, commenter regarding uh, the roundabout and all that. I think it's a fight that we lost for the time being. I don't I don't know that we can get there, but this situation with the downtown traffic uh, has gotten uh, unbearable. Um, and I am wondering if the crosswalks that are proposed, will they be elevated? Because there was a mention of getting rid of the speed bumps, which don't help much anyway, um, but I'm hoping that
1: they'll be built in a fashion that does slow people down? Just a question.
8: Call so do you, you wanna talk about your yeah, speed, yeah, I speed tables? You. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I love that word speed table. It, it sort of goofs people, you know, what's a speed table? Well, we've done that in a number of places. Yes, the short answer is yes. The crosswalks, the, if we have all the crosswalks that the new ones at least that we're doing, and maybe even try to then uh, raise the existing ones, they will be raised, meaning that they, there's no curb cut. If you're in a wheelchair or if you are uh, pushing a stroller, you're going to go straight. You're not going up and down. What it, And there will be a sort of an apron, you can say, for cars, a rumbling uh, material that they slow down because they're going up. And in that way, the cars don't take a sudden Bump or a jerk when you get in a bump, and they can see it. And the it's not just raised. The crosswalks will also have curb, what's called curb extensions. Um, some people call them pork chops, actually, but they're curb extensions. So that the, the curb extension does two things. It it reduces the distance for the pedestrian to cross, but what it also does it tells the motorist that's driving, even if they don't see the surface, the crosswalk, they can see the shape of the curb turning. They know that that's a crosswalk. And then with the added height, uh, they will have to slow down.
1: Well, I think also during the prime times,
6: the speed's not the problem, it's the quantity. Yeah,
8: that's, a, that's okay. A,
6: people, you know, what can we do to maybe, you know, and I think Jim said earlier maybe some signage and some approval to put a sign that no cut throughs, and then that's great. Then you got to enforce it, right? But what can we do to maybe encourage people not to cut through downtown? Because, you know, you, what you're talking about, the speed that's during off hours because during off hours, yes, but during prime time, like for the last couple of weeks, it's been backed up all the way. Halfway down eighty four, um, it's 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 unbelievable. So I think that's what a lot of folks are concerned about: is how do we encourage them to you know not cut through downtown? What what can we do
1: with your design and the things we can do to kind of prevent that from happening? Jim, I see your hand is up. I know you took your full three minutes um, after Sudeisha's talk. I'll- do you have a, a, a short comment? My, my hand wasn't up, but I can certainly comment on that. I think the
10: solution to the last comment was is to basically request that we put in a no-cut-through traffic uh, requirement. And that that should be a great, uh, you know, aid in terms of dealing with that with that problem, which will will help us greatly. And it won't change anything in terms of the people going through the four corners. The same number will go through as at any time.
0: Okay, thank you.
10: Well, so it
6: would, it would be needed, Connie, because if this goes through and. We have this and it works as designed with a lot more families, a lot more strollers, a lot more people hanging out and all that traffic. It's not going to it's not going to mix. So we would need in conjunction with this plan, if it works as designed to have a no cut through because the two kind of kind of work together. You know.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know who would set that up. Is at the county or Caltrans. So we'll have to work with we can ask Caltrans about it and what they suggest we can they can do to help us next week. Um, we need to get Public Works back out. Um, the people who've been working to help us on that problem before have, are no longer with Public Works, one passed away and one left. So we need to um, start that conversation again with whoever's in Public Works now at, to help us with it. Okay. So um, this is an action I am for us the CINOL, to accept this proposal so that we can continue the conversation, but finish out the contract with Sudish. Um, I, I move that we accept this proposal and um, thank him for a wonderful job. And thank you to economic and civic development for helping us with this whole process and
1: for funding it. Thank you very much. So is there a second? I'll second. Any discussion? Okay. We have a roll call. Shardriana? I know sometimes she's working on multiple meetings. Shardriana, can you do a roll call? Well, let's do a roll call and maybe she'll listen to the recording. Okay. Um, Jerry B. Miller. Approved. Paul Dettinger. Approved. Mary Conant. Approved. And Benjamin Harrison. Approved. Approved.
0: Since we're on Zoom, we're supposed to have the clerk do the roll call, but... Um,
4: can you still hear me? me?
0: Oh, and me, of course, approved. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Paul. Connie, can you still not hear me? Now I can hear you? Yeah, I've been talking the whole time. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, I've unplugged my headphones, re-plugged them back in. I'm like, why can't these people hear me? <laughs> Do you need to do that again? I do not. I captured that we had a complete
5: consensus. Thank you.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Are there any final comments from the board? We're not gonna do any minutes, approving any minutes tonight, Um, that'll be next week. And um, Susan or Eileen, have any final comments before we close out the meeting and adjourn the meeting?
5: I just wanna say what an absolute pleasure it was to work with you and the subcommittee and it was, and Sadish and his team, and it was a wonderful process, and I'm with Sadish. You absolutely fall in love with Sanol. and the more you know it, the, I do. the more <laughs> wonderful it is, so it's been great, and thank you for the opportunity to work with you all. Oh,
0: thank you very much.
5: Yeah. Okay, looking forward to more, um, to more projects, and this was really fun for us. You know, we have lots of a range of projects, but these are these all these downtown revitalization plans have a soft spot in our hearts. This is what we love to do, and Sanol has been the most unique community. When we found out about what you were doing by yourself, um, was we were so so impressed and knew it would be a great community to work with. Um, because of the passion and the interest which has been overwhelming compared to where other places where we work so thank you and look forward to more more fun and more projects and I just want to say that Kristen is the best um I know you all know that but this woman is um super mom and a super designer and a super organizer and super super fun to work with and I know you appreciated working with her, but we yes. just carried this heavy load and brought it through beautifully. So thank you, Kristen. Oh, thank you.
8: you. Thank <laughs> you. Chris. Yes, thank
1: you. Thank you, everybody.
8: Thank you. Thanks.
1: Good night. Good night.